Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Show. I hope you're well and have had a great sporting week. I'm doing something different for this episode. I'm going to pay a special tribute and talk about the life of a remarkable athlete. Now, in a recent episode, I spoke about ancient sports, especially focusing on the ancient games in Greece, which were many years later revived with the beginning of the modern Olympics in 1896. That year, the first modern Olympic Games took place in Athens, Greece, from the 6th of April to the 15th of April. Only 241 athletes from 14 nations took part in these games, and it certainly has come a long way. Now, the Olympic Games in Paris next year, which will be the 33rd version of the modern games, will feature 10,500 athletes from over 200 nations. Australia only had one athlete in 1896, and his name was Edwin Flack. He's a much-forgotten legend of Australian sport when one considers that he was not just the country's first Olympian, he was also Australia's first Olympic champion. Now at these games, Flack who competed in track and field at these games would go on to win the 800 metres and the 1500 metres and etch his name into Australian sporting folklore. He would go on to be known as the Lion of Athens and was a popular figure at these games. Flack was admired by the locals, especially for breaking the American stranglehold on the middle distance events. So this episode, I'm going to talk about and pay tribute to Edwin Flack, a man who I've been fascinated by from an early age, reading about his tremendous achievements and how he began a tremendous legacy with Australia and the Olympic Games. Now, Australia is only one of three nations that has competed at every modern Olympics, the others being Greece and Great Britain. I'm going to talk about the life of Edwin Flack, and you'll need to listen carefully, because at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you some quiz questions. So if we look at the early life of Edwin Flack, now, he was born in London, England, on the 5th of November, 1873. His father worked as an accountant with his friend, Edwin Waterhouse, and there is the belief that this is how Edwin Flack received his name. However, he was commonly known as Teddy. Now, at 12 months of age, he migrated with his family to Australia, where they settled down to live in Berwick, which is an outer suburb of Melbourne. Now, Flack attended Melbourne Church of England Grammar School and excelled in sport. It was here where Flack studied Greek history, and he finished his schooling in 1892. He then worked in his father's accountancy firm, Davy Flack & Co., now, Flack was an active participant in middle and long-distance running in amateur athletics, competing with the Melbourneian Hare and Hounds Athletics Club. Don't you love the name? <laughs> now, now, in October 1892, Flack finished third in the inaugural Victorian 10-mile cross-country championships, finishing in a time of 1 hour, 2 minutes and 42 seconds. Now, during this time in Australia's history, Victoria was a colony, and it was not until nine years later, on New Year's Day 1901, in which Australia actually became a nation. The six British colonies of New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia and Tasmania united to form the Commonwealth of Australia, a process called Federation. 
Now, up until this time, the colonies were like separate countries. They had their own government and laws, their own defence force. They even issued their own stamps and collected tariffs, taxes on goods that crossed their colonial borders. These colonies even built their railways differently, which complicated the transport of people and goods across the continent. The colonies, however, were still subject to the lawmaking power of the British Parliament. The colonial system was proving to be inefficient, and there was a growing belief that a national government was required to deal with issues such as trade, defence and immigration. And there was a growing support for federation. Colonists mostly shared a common language, culture and heritage, and increasingly began to identify as Australian rather than British. Now, ever since 1877, there was an Australian cricket team representing all of the colonies. Now, in November 1893, Edwin Flack competed at an intercolonial meet held at the famous Melbourne Cricket Ground. Now, this was the venue for the very first Test cricket match in 1877, and also the venue for the 1956 Olympics, where it staged both opening and closing ceremonies and track and field and many other major sporting events over the years, mainly Australian rules football with regular crowds today of around 100,000 spectators. And it's one of the great sporting arenas in the world. Now, Fleck won the mile championship at this meet in a time of 4 minutes and 44 seconds, winning by 2 yards. He finished unplaced in the 880 yards, which was won by Ken McRae of New South Wales. And he also finished unplaced in the Free Mile Championship, which was won by Charles Herbert of Victoria. Now, due to his win in the mile event, Fleck was also awarded the Victorian Mile Championship title that year. Now, the following year, in 1894, Fleck won both the 880 yards and the mile event at the Victorian Championships and finished second in the 10-mile cross-country championship, taking more than two minutes off the time he recorded two years earlier this time clocking one hour and two seconds. Now in 1894, Flack's father sent him to London to receive further training as an accountant with the firm Price Waterhouse & Co, which is now Price Waterhouse Coopers. And it's a British multinational professional services brand of firms, the second largest one of its type in the world today, and one of the world's major accounting firms. Now he joined several athletic clubs. However, he settled into the London Athletic Club with the intent on attending the inaugural Olympics. He ran in cross-country events where he had some success. When Flack left Australia, he was the Australasian mile champion. So that is the number one in Australia and New Zealand. Now, when we get move along now to the 1896 Olympics, now the International Olympic Committee had just two years to organise the first games of the modern Olympiad. Now that's a far cry from Brisbane, who was given 10 years to organise the 2032 games. Now Perrin Pierre de Coupeton, a French educator and historian, played a major role in the game's revival and was co-founder of the IAC. Now according to Wikipedia, he is known as the father of the modern Olympic games. Now de Coupeton and the IOC faced much opposition from hostile Greek politicians and had a huge mountain to climb. In early 1895, a public subscription fund in Greece 
and a large donation by George Averoff, who was a very wealthy Greek businessman and philanthropist, who was living in the Egyptian city of Alexandria at the time, played a large part in the games going ahead. A large amount of the money donated by Averoff went towards the restoration of the Panathenic Stadium, keeping it to its original design. The stands were marble throughout and could hold 60,000 spectators, and during the games it was often packed to capacity. Now today at the entrance to the stadium, there is a statue of George Averoff in respect to his generous donation. Now, in the weeks leading up to the games, there was great excitement in Athens, with stalls on the sidewalk selling the flags of the nations competing. There were French flags, Russian flags, British flags, German and Swedish flags. And a large amount of cleaning took place over the city, with marble being scraped, plaster and paint was applied, paving stones were being laid. Every evening, many Athenians would arrive and view the progress of the Panathenic Stadium. The ancient dust track was replaced by a modern cinder track, thanks to the expertise of the British. Now, on Easter Monday, April 6, 1896, King George proclaimed the rebirth of the Olympic Games. Now, this was 502 years after Emperor Theodosius declared them done and dusted forever. The Games' revival gave the Greeks something to feel very proud of. There was a lift in patriotism, and the Greeks had gained an understanding of the importance of sport in society. Now, on the opening day of the Games, American triple jumper James Brendan Connolly became the first Olympic champion since the Armenian boxer Prince Pharistates Faris in, in 396 AD. Connolly was an Irish-American from a poor family in South Boston. His victory was not a popular one, though, as the American athletes were poorly regarded by the local population due to their dominance of the track and field events and their apparent lack of modesty. Now, according to Michael Roberts in the book The Great Australian Sporting Moments, Edwin Flack was able to compete at the Games after he convinced his employer to grant him leave to make the six-day trip to Greece. Now, it was an uncomfortable trip to Athens for Flack travelling by rail and sea, and he was plagued with seasickness. Because Australia had no Olympic committee at this time, Flack attended the Olympics as a member of the London Athletic Club. However, competed in his Melbourneian hare and hounds colours. He was the only Australian to compete at these games. Now... On the opening day of the Games, Flack won his first race in the first heat of the 800 metres. On the second day, he lined up against the American favourite, Arthur Black, in the 1500 metres. Now, during the race, Flack ran shoulder to shoulder with Black and kicked ahead near the end to win by more than 5 metres in a time of 4 minutes, 33 seconds, point two. Now, this is more, when you think about this, this is more than a minute than the current world record set by the great Moroccan runner, Hisham El Garouj. So his world record time in the 1500 metres is 3 minutes and 26 seconds. Now two days later, Flack ran superbly to win gold again in the 800 metres, winning in a time of 2 minutes, 11.9 seconds. Now the current world record is 1 minute 40.91. 
held by David Radisha. So it's 1 minute 40 seconds, 0.91. So with the uh, athletic world has come a long way since 1896. Now, there were no world records at this time, and it wasn't until 1912 when the recognition of world records commenced. Now, with Federation still five years away, Fleck was honoured as the Union Jack was raised and God Save the Queen was played. Incredibly, it wasn't until 1974 that the British National Anthem was replaced in Australia by its current National Anthem, Advance Australia Fair. Now, Fleck had gained great popularity with the locals, and he earned the name the Lion of Athens. He was admired, for he had broken the American stranglehold on the middle distance events. Now, there were no gold medals in the early days of the Olympics, and it wasn't until the St. Louis Olympic Games in 1904, when gold, silver and bronze medals were awarded to the top finishers in each event. Fleck's rewards were two commemorative medals, two crowns of olive branches, and a couple of diplomas. Just a day later, Fleck tried for a treble when he competed in the marathon event, despite having never competed in a race longer than 10 miles, so that's around 16 kilometres. Now, Fleck was in second place for most of the race, behind the Frenchman, Alban Lemassay, who was the bronze medalist in the 1500 metres. Now, three quarters of the way into the race, the Frenchman dropped out and Flack now had a handsome lead over the opposition. Now, the marathon was a race the Greeks desperately wanted to win. And when a cyclist brought the news to the stadium that not one of their own was winning, he was abused and threatened by an angry crowd. However, the Aussie was fatigued by his earlier exploits and ran around the 37-kilometre mark he collapsed to the ground. Flack was in a deliriousness state, and when a Greek spectator tried to help him out, Flack punched him to the ground. Flack was removed from the course and was transported to the stadium by a carriage and attended to by Prince Nicholas of Greece and Denmark. The Aussie's popularity was further entrenched at the games, and the locals admired his tremendous courage. The marathon was won by Greek Spiridon Lewis, in 2 hours, 58 seconds, 0. 0.50. The stadium was full, so, so was the picturesque hill above it. And the moment the winner's approach was announced, the Greek spectators rose to their feet. There was a thunder of cheers when they discovered it was one of their own, and the crowd went absolutely wild when Lewis crossed the finish line. To protect the winner from the delirious crowd, the Crown Prince and his brother Prince George took Lewis into their arms and carried him to the changing room. Later, Lewis received his trophy from the King and the public received him like an ancient hero. Fleck epitomised the Aussie Havagay spirit and although he was no more than a social tennis player, he also competed in the tennis singles and doubles at these, at these games. Now, he lost his first round match in the singles. However, in the doubles, he paired with his English friend, George S. Robertson, to finish third. The pair reached the semi-finals due to a walkover in their first round. So that means their opponents didn't turn up the play. However, they lost their only match to an Egyptian and Greek pair. 
Now, Flack and Robertson placed third only due to their semi-final appearance. And at this stage, no awards were given for finishing third. However, 112 years later, in January 2008, the medals were awarded. Edwin Flack's triumphs at these games barely received a mention back home in Australia, as the games had very modest status in their first year of existence. Apart from Flack himself and some friends, his parents and a Sydney sports writer called Richard Coombs, very few Australians had ever heard of him. It was not until a few days after his 800 metres victory that the Australian newspapers paid any attention to the Olympic Games. And one of the headings was an Australian in Greece, which boasted a headline in the Australasian. And the other one was the Olympic Games Revival. A Victorian competitor, said another in the Melbourne age. When Fleck returned to his London office after the Games, where he was working as a trainee accountant, he received a summons from his boss. Fleck was feeling very uneasy about this and was feeling guilty that he had banked up his holidays to make the journey to Greece and had kept it a secret, only discussing his plans with those who agreed to keep quiet about it. However, when Fleck attended the meeting with his boss, Mr Edwin Waterhouse, all of his fears went away. To Fleck's surprise and delight, Waterhouse congratulated him on his athletic achievements at the Athens Games and invited Flack to spend the following, following week at his country home. So, with the later life of Edwin Flack, so in 1898, Flack returned to Victoria and worked for the Melbourne-based family accounting firm, which was now renamed Flack and Flack. He retired from competitive running and purchased a property close to Berwick, where he would stay on weekends and breed cattle. Flack joined the Australian Olympic Committee and was a member of the first Australian delegation to attend an International Olympic Committee Congress. He gave the olive branches that he received at the Athens Games to his old school. Now, unfortunately, Flack suffered from heart problems as he got older and died in 1935 following an operation. He was cremated and his ashes were interred at the Berwick Cemetery. Now, he's left a tremendous leg legacy, Edwin Flack, and Australia's much, much to thank him for. It was he who created an awareness of the Olympic Games in this country. He was our first Olympic hero, the first to compete and the first to win. He put our country on the world map. Flack is commemorated by a bronze statue in Berwick, which was unveiled in a ceremony in 1998 by former Aussie running great John Landy. In 1996, Berwick Recreational Reserve was renamed Edwin Flack Reserve and includes several sporting grounds, an athletics track, an Aussie rules oval, netball courts and a soccer field. The sporting complex at the school Flack attended all those years ago, Melbourne Grammar School, was named Edwin Flack Park in honour of their famous former student. Now, the pedestrian bridge that links Amy Park to Melbourne Park, which is the venue of the Australian Open Tennis, was com completed 10 years ago and was named in honour of Edwin Flack. The bridge was a major part of the Melbourne Park $363 million redevelopment and features the original Olympic rings used during the 1956 Melbourne Olympic Games.
Athletics Australia's Edwin Flack Award is awarded to an athlete who has displayed great service to athletics. And when I've gone through a list of the past winners of the award over the years, it includes many of the great names of Australian sport and Australian athletics. You know, names such as the great marathon runner, Robert D. Costello, Kathy Freeman, you know, who could not forget what she did at the Sydney 2000 Olympics winning, when she stopped the nation and won the women's 400 metres title on the track. And Rick Mitchell, silver medalist at the 1980 Moscow Olympics. And David Colbert, who's now recognised as one of the great commentators in world athletics. And there was also Glynis Nunn, the Olympic gold medalist at the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. Now, even PwC Australia, which is one of the country's leading assurance tax and advisory services, has an award named in Flack's honour every two years to recognise and celebrate partners who have made a real difference to their clients, their firm and to their community. Now, four years ago, I had the pleasure of staying at a hotel located on Edwin Flack Avenue, which is located in Sydney Olympic Park, so he even has a street named after him. Now, Flack was played by English actor Benedict Taylor in the 1984 television miniseries The First Olympics, Athens, 1896. So, I'm going to hit you with some quiz questions now to finish off this episode. So I'm going to read the question out first. We'll have a bit of thinking music, and then I'll give the answer. Right, so there's seven questions. So you need to listen carefully. Question number one. Where was Edwin Flack born, and where did he settle with his family in Australia? And the answer is London. And he settled settled in Berwick, Victoria. Question number two. What events did he win Olympic gold in? And they are the 800 metres and the 1500 metres. Question number three. What profession did Edwin Flack train and work in? And the answer is accountancy. And how many days, question number four, how many days did it take for Flack to travel from London to Athens and what happened to him along the way? It took him six days to travel there and he had bad seasickness. Question number five. What did the Greeks call Edwin Flack in admiration of his achievements? And the answer is the Lion of Athens. Question number six. 
What was the other sport Flack contested in at the Athens Games? And the answer is tennis. And last question, why was God Save the Queen played and the British flag raised when Edwin Flack won his Olympic gold medals? And the answer is, well, because Australia was still only a colony. So, that's all for this episode. And I hope you enjoyed this shorter episode. And, yeah, looking back at the wonderful, wonderful achievements of Edwin Flack, a great Australian. So, thank you for joining me for this episode of The Sport Shack. All sources for this episode are on the platform page. And don't forget to check out the Sport Shack Facebook page for posts. So, it's goodbye from Paul and have a great sporting week. Bye for now.